Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. I am super excited to have Kate Phillips with us tonight. And if you were watching any of my Instagram stories, you saw me talk about her as the online course guru. And that's exactly what you've yeah, never been called a guru before. I was a little. <laughs> I know. And it's the truth. And I am really, really excited because she has shared so much with me. I've learned so much from her knowledge and I'm really excited for you guys to be able to hear the same things and learn all about what you need to know to rock out your online course. So Kate, thank you so much for being here with us tonight and sharing what you know and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited I just for the people who don't know me, I'm a course creator for coaches. That's the easy way of saying what I do. I've been creating courses in some form for about 13 years. And while I've never called myself a guru, let's just go with that. I know it's It's the truth. I love it. The things that you have taught me so far has (laughs) been mind blowing because I just, I feel like you're really good at keeping the information concise and organized and the tips that you have for how to organize the information are so super helpful. So I, yeah, in my mind, you, you are the guru of online courses. Well, that's great. I'll take it. So not, you know, I don't, I don't want to um, give you the impression that in 30, 40 minutes, I can tell you everything about how to create your course that's impossible. But I'm going to hit a few things that I see as super important for getting an online course created. I want to talk about the right time to create an online course and why that's important. What you absolutely must do before you create it, create your online course. And then a quick broad strokes of how to do it without a bunch of money. Okay. Because I am not... I am not into throwing money at something that you haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of people are afraid to create their course because they've been told that, well, you need to set up all these things and it's all this money. And then they kind of put the brakes on and it never happens. So there are ways to do it without breaking the bank. So that said, the right time to create a course is the short answer is now with the the online course course industry is projected to be worth about $325 billion wow. in the next five years. I think that's a little crazy, but I can also see how it's absolutely possible. I can also see that a lot of that is from crap courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want any of Nicole's people to be part of that pile quite frankly we aren't part of the crap 
there's just no, I've seen too many, I have fixed too many and I, you know, let's be done with that. But that said, the time being now, I very strongly believe that the time for creating your course is when it's right for you, for your business and for your audience. If you are creating an online course because a guru told you to, don't. If you're creating an online course because it's the hot thing to do right now and it's the only way to scale and it's the, the thing you absolutely have to do in order to be successful, don't. You have to have the right energy behind creating this product so that you create it in the right place at the right time for the right people. You know, if you don't invest in invest yourself into the production and the execution, you're not going to invest in selling it. Mm-hmm. And the people who see you try to sell it, they're going to feel that you're not invested and they're going to walk away. Yeah. So the only time to create a course is when you have a burning desire to do so. And a lot of times that burning desire comes from your one-on-one coaching is unsustainable because there are only so many hours in the day and those hours get capped or you become injured or you have a family and God forbid what a life. So what I say to people is in order to get to the place where you have that burning desire nail your niche, no matter what state you're in, no matter what uh, stage of business, no matter what type of business, you know, I speak mostly coaches because that's my audience, but really nail that niche, but nail the pockets within your niche as well. Because, you know, if you are Nicole being a sales coach for health coaches, she's got multiple pockets where she can grow her courses you know um i know she's she sits there and she thinks well i've you know i do one thing so i have one course but she doesn't she has so much more than that and i'll sort of get into how that comes about but nail what you're doing be really really sure about it be super confident about every single piece of it so that when you step out to create it it won't be difficult because you're really confident about what you're saying, you're really confident about its need, and you're really confident that we'll buy it um, because that's what's attractive when you're excited to sell it. So get some runs on the board, get some social proof, and get out in front of the people who will show up to buy it in the end. And I want you to, you know, you can be creating all these courses in the background, And I hope you do, you know, because every social media post, blog post, training in somebody's Facebook group is content for your course. Everything you say and do will be content for your course. So save it all, download it all, record it all. And while you're nailing that niche and really leaning into the confidence of what you have to offer, the course will kind of build itself in the background, you know, and it's almost like, As you're working one-on-one with people, all of this content is building behind you and you can just pull bits off the shelf. You know, I think that's so, I I just want to comment on that real quick too, because I think everybody's idea of building an online course is a lot of work, a lot of hours, a lot of new reinventing the wheel content. Yeah. 
And that was one of the very first things I learned from you that really spoke to me because it doesn't have to be difficult. We already have everything inside. That's, I, I remember you saying that to me, you already have it inside of you. It's just a matter of getting it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is already on paper somewhere or in some kind of form in a post or in the work that you've done with your one-on-one clients. And I, I like that you said that too, because I think a lot of people want to, before they start working one-on-one, well, let me create a course. But the other way around. you don't know what to create a course about until you've worked extensively with clients and you really understand where you are coming across as the broken record. Mm-hmm. And I think once you realize what are the things I'm saying over and over and over again, because that's what creates the course. That's what the content is that people need in the course. That's right. I love that. I like that approach because then you're not reinventing the wheel and creating a bunch of stuff that, you know, you, you've already created it. Well, and yeah, you know, I mean, if people have gotten to know you as doing this one thing, you can't then bust out with something completely different because you went and created a whole new message. You know, like you have to be consistent and play in your lane. But your lane can go like this. Mm -hmm. If you have a real, real burning desire that you have to create a course right now and nothing's going to stop you, I applaud you, uh, do a mini course. It's a great way to sort of jumpstart your product catalog. It's a great way to get in front of people. It's, you know, it's low commitment for you to create. It's low commitment for people to take. A mini course is about two hours of learning over like five days. You know, so think of it, think of it as like a, um, a Facebook challenge but with more personal attention. That's how I'll say it. Okay, so the second thing. So this is, I'm about to talk about the most important thing you have to do before you create your course, you know, all caps before, and that is to validate your idea. This is your proof of concept, okay? You can create the world's best course, but if nobody wants it, then it's worthless. So you need to get out there and put the idea in front of people and have them clamoring for it so that you know you've got a valid concept and that will also squeeze the timeline on you so that you don't faff about for a year and a half. You will get to work making it happen. So, you know, the validating the course uh, proves there's interest, hopefully a demand. It eliminates your guesswork because you've gone out and you know exactly what people want, so now you can just fill in the blank. And it's, it's going to build your list. And, you know, when you start talking to people prior to creating a course that it's coming, you can build that list up and then you've got warmer leads to nurture when it comes out. And it's also a cheaper way to do it is do an email launch. Now, um, this is perhaps a little controversial, but it's very important. Validating your course and pre-selling your course are not the same thing. Some people will say to sell your course to validate it. I recommend pre-selling your course, but after it's been validated. Because the thing with pre-selling is, you know, it's, oh, it's kind of murky to use pre-selling as valid, you know, because essentially you're selling your course outline right? But that doesn't mean that the whole idea has been validated. It means your marketing and your sales copy 
was effective. So essentially, you've validated your marketing efforts. And that's cool. That's really great. You know, that works. But through the validation process, you might find out that modules four and five are completely unnecessary and you've now sold these people this course, but they don't want that. And then if you go and change it according to your validation work, the people who bought it because they wanted modules four and five, they're now disgruntled because they're not going to get it. So it's a really sticky place to be in. So separate validating from pre-selling, but do both. I like that you said that because I think a lot of people stress that sell it before you've written it, like sell it before you're ready. And and to your point, you just said you're only validating your marketing. Yeah. You're not validating the actual course itself, the content, the curriculum. Yeah. Um, you're just validating that you wrote a really good sales page that made people want to buy. <laughs> sure. And, and an outline, you know, you've got a list of 12 right. modules. That's great. But yeah, people have just bought a really good sales page and a really good outline. Right. Uh, and that doesn't give you any room for adjustment. Okay. So how do you, how does validation work? Okay. The first thing is you need to do some research. Uh, and there's two things to research. One is your, what your audience is doing in relation to your idea and what other people, not in your audience, what they are doing in relation to your idea. And by doing, I mean, what are they, how are they acting out in the world, right? And I will explain. So this is where your analytics come in, okay? Because this is how you see what your people are doing. What are their behaviors on your website? What are their behaviors in your social media? What are their email behaviors, okay? So Get into your back office of all your places. Look at what links people click on. Where? What's your most downloaded lead magnet? Uh, what emails get the most opens? Which social media posts resonate the most? Factoring in strange algorithms. What topics in your Facebook group caused a discussion? Sometimes it's really fun to be an agitator and say something controversial and see what comes up. And what topics in other people's Facebook groups are causing a commotion, you know? So, like, even if you're not posting in that group or you're not saying anything, you can sneak around in there and see what they're doing, see what they're talking about, see even down to things like what are they talking about that they just bought? What are they talking about where they've, you know, started hanging out, you know, or they're really into this new online magazine or, you know, just like sort of start looking at their actions, their behaviours, because those actions are telling you what they're really into at the moment. And then the next step is to do a keyword search on the internet. So whatever your course is going to be about, your course idea that I guess, you know, the essence of the course that you are looking to validate, get on good old Google and just search those keywords how many posts come up and like what comes up? Is it a ton of ads and things? Is it a bunch of other courses? Is it nothing comes up because it's a brand new idea and no one's ever heard of it. So you're going to have a super hard time onboarding and look around at the other courses that come up. 
clearly there's a market need for that. So see what they do. How many modules do they have? What sort of language are they speaking? How are they selling it? What are they covering? What experiences are they providing? What do they cost? What are they leaving out? What are the gaps those courses don't have that yours can? And then use that information to craft your validation efforts even further. And then, of course, your course. But keep these questions in mind. How is mine different? How Or how can mine add to this space? You know, don't be afraid that there are others out there because even though there's a ton of courses on money mindset, you have something else to say. You have a different experience. And so don't let other courses put you off putting yours out there. Next thing, this is something that nobody does. So go ahead and do it. Get on Amazon and search things like ebooks about the topic. Put your keyword search in there. Look at ebooks. See how many times that's been reviewed, downloaded, and read those reviews. You know, sometimes in those reviews, people are like, "Yeah, I bought this ten dollar ebook about you know how to manage my money mindset, and it was lousy. It didn't tell me this. It didn't tell me this. It didn't tell me this." And then see who agrees. There's a ton of information there in what is missing and what people want. So look into that. The other goldmine is on YouTube. Put your keywords into YouTube. See what videos come up. See what, you know, the the YouTube stars are, are talking about or see what other coaches who are in your field, are they there? Are they talking about it? Or are people on YouTube... Um, You know, if they watch a guy's video on money mindset, what are they commenting there? That's where they're going to squawk the most about what they really want. They're going to say, it's great, this was awesome, but hey, what about this one thing? And then use that information to build your course and your validation efforts. So these are all validation, parts of the validation process, like checking Amazon for the eBooks, checking YouTube for the videos on that topic and kind of just searching through the reviews to see what people are still searching for. Yeah. Somebody's presented that content. Yes. And what they're saying about it, you know, what they, what people say is missing uh, is super, super important and will give you uh, a ton of information because maybe you're the one who fills that, fills that gap. Mm -hmm. And that will inform your marketing efforts when it comes to selling the course. Yeah. I like that. Great for copy. Yeah, because remember, the best copy uses your audience's words, mm-hmm. not against them, back to them. Right, right. <laughs> um, your last step in your validation process is to get out there and talk to your people. Ask them what they want. Ask them what they're thinking about. Ask them what's going on. And I know this is a no-brainer and you have to do it constantly, but, you know, it's how you do it. Hey, I'm thinking of creating this. Do you think it would be valuable? Um, DM former clients and say, look, if I created a course about this thing we did, would, even though you've worked with me, is it something you would see yourself paying for? You know, send out emails, have a conversation, pick up the phone and ask someone that you, you know, worked really well with and run the idea by them. Just see what they think, what they would pay for it, how they see it going quite often they're going to tell you that, oh, no, I wouldn't, 
I don't see it working as a course. The beauty of working with you is because you have this magical way of working with people. And then, you know, they may even say you could make a course about that other thing we talked about, but they're going to tell you, you know, so survey them, email them, get on social media, use polls, use whatever you can do and absolutely talk to former or and current clients uh, one-on-one. Love that. Market research is always such a, mm-hmm. a, strong, a strong way to gather info. And, you know, people really want to tell you what they want. All you have to do is listen. So those three things, your analytics, researching on the internet and talking to people, they're going to let you know if your course idea has legs. And I don't want you to think that this validation phase takes months. Like this is all finished in a week. This is one week of your life. And that includes having a job and family and a dog. You know, it's like you don't need months of data for this. It is just, oh, yeah, no, this is, you'll see it. It'll be there. The information will show up. Cool. I like that. I like that you give those specific timelines too. Like don't don't get into the weeds with this. No, and a lot of people do because it's like, oh, I can get stuck in research and yeah. it's, it's great, but a, a research isn't going to make you a course and that's, research doesn't make you money. Right. It's funny how we see all these patterns all over the place too, though, where people just it's a way to stay busy. So they feel good. Mm-hmm. It's something as a sales coach, I notice all the time. I'm like, you're just avoiding selling. You're, you're doing something that keeps you busy because it feels good, but it's yeah. not really leading you to the true goal, which is sell your course to serve people and make money. So you can do it more. Exactly. Exactly. So you get it out in front of people. Yeah. You know, all right. I have a yes, hit me. The validation part. Is that, um, does validating your course also include like a beta run? It can. Yes. That is a bigger step. And that's the, that's like the third big final. Um, so if you've used all of this validation and have been building sort of the essence of your course while you've been working, then you can do a quick beta run, a pilot test. And, you know, you need to be very clear that, You know, some people will tell you you charge for it. Some people will say give it to them for free in exchange for feedback. That's totally up to you. I don't think one works better than the other. I think what it comes down to is really clear uh, expectations Mm -hmm. and you only need to give them like the first two modules. Okay. You know, and I would say, look, I'm going to give this to you for free in exchange for specific feedback and that's when you actually want to give them a form to fill out so that they're prompted to give you precise information about the lessons the activities how how it felt to go through it you know people are more likely to give you thorough feedback when prompted rather than an open-ended tell me what you think but be be very very clear and put a really strict time frame on it now, if, if they did really well and gave you great feedback, you know, of course, use that and then invite them into the whole course at a discount, you know, because they've already done the first two modules. So give them a break on that and say, you know, when they come and they buy the rest of the course, give them a break, give them a, a discount for having already like done the first two and helping you build the rest. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you can use that as an incentive to get them to do the beta test. 
I like that idea. You're getting feedback. You're using that in your marketing. You're also using it to tweak the course, but then you're giving them an opportunity to basically save some money on the entire course by opting in because part of your feedback process. Yeah. You know, and then of course you probably would have, you know, even though they've done modules one and two, you've probably made it even better. So all that's going to do is fill them up even further and they're going to think that it's Christmas every day. Great. So good. Okay. So validating is super important and you've given us some really great tips. I never would have thought of Amazon and YouTube. Yeah. Nobody does. So smart. Mm -hmm. I really am. <laughs> I know you are. See, you're earning the title guru as we speak. Um, you, you had already earned it. Uh, that's, that's awesome though. I, I really like that validating and using what other people are saying about the content that's already out there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the course has been created. You've validated it. Once you've tweaked it based on what you've done to validate it, what's your next step? Okay, so, well, now we sort of actually create it, create it, mm -hmm. right? So you've, you know, you've validated an outline and a few details, right? Because you're just validating the concept. So now that it's valid, this thing's got legs, you can do something with it. There's buzz because you already started generating it by your validation. That's another thing people don't realize is that by validating your course, you've already started talking about it. So you, again, that collapses your time frame, and you've got to get to work creating it. So this is the bit that's going to be super broad strokes because creating a course is massive, you know, and, and the online course courses out there will have you teaching you setting up funnels and tech and the integrations and platforms. That's not my area. I am not an expert at that. I'm an expert on the content. I'm an expert at helping you be an expert at your content so that you can confidently talk about it. So I'm, you know, I jump into the process at content time. And so that's, I'm going to give you broad strokes on that right now, knowing that it's a lot more uh, detailed and hard work, but not difficult. By the way, that was such a beautiful way to stay in your lane. <laughs> I, I loved how you answered that because I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of people have is they want to help everybody with everything and they end up getting outside of the scope of what their expertise really can address. Yes. And I am just super impressed with how you were very, I, I, you set the boundaries and you were very transparent about it. And I really, I love yeah. how you did that. And I think that was a perfect example for what people need to yeah. see. You, Thank you're you. the expert you know. in something and you stick to that. Stay in your lane, baby. You know, there are other experts out there doing that stuff. I can't do it as well as they can. And trying to weakens what I'm actually best at. Yes. Takes so. away from your special sauce that you have to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've already validated your concept and your idea, but, you know, now you've got to really nail your, you know, what I call the hot topic. And I mean that by, you know, it's your your course headline the name of this thing because it's got to punch them in the gut right that's the first thing they see they want to they come across the sales page or they come across you talking about it or a post on Facebook and they're like what 
you know, it has to speak to them, right? So it's and everything you create, it has to clearly solve one specific problem and it has to be in that headline, right? So here's an example. You've got a parenting course, right? I'm a parent, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see the boss guide to parenting. Okay, I'm going to scroll right by that because it's not speaking to me. What, what kind of parent? Uh, what, kind of, what kind of kids? I've got two teenage boys. Is it about teenage boys or is it about teenage girls? Or is it about parenting toddlers? Is it about parenting multiples? Is it about, you know, like... It's too vague, like it's just... It's, a- too, it's too vague, you know. So you've really got to narrow down the boss guide to parenting, the boss guide to for single mothers parenting two teenage boys wow yeah that speaks to somebody you know the boss guide to new mothers with raising multiples the boss guide to parenting fussy toddlers it's definitely it's about making it super specific and the beauty of that is is you may be the parenting expert coach So how many courses do you actually think you have now? Because the boss guide to parenting is actually about six courses. Because if you make the boss guide to parenting teenage boys, guess what? You can duplicate it and make the boss guide to parenting teenage girls. Tweak a few pieces of content. You know, I'm sure you already know how to parent toddlers as well. So then they're separate courses. So really narrow it down because people want to feel that they're talking to you. And I know you talk about that in sales, but before you even start selling, the name of your course has to grab them first. Mm -hmm. It has to speak to me. I don't care about the boss guy. I am a boss parent. But if someone wants to say to me, hey, do you want to learn how to parent two sensitive verbal processing male teenagers? Uh, I'd probably see what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what everybody's hesitant to do, but that getting super, super specific is exactly how you attract your ideal client because the right people are going to listen to that. But when it's too vague, you're talking to nobody and nobody's listening. That's right. And the online courses, because they're a productized version of your expertise, you can get crazy laser niche down. You can have the boss guide to parenting teenage sons over the holidays. You can have the boss guide to parenting twin toddler girls during summer vacation or the boss guide for grandparents to handle teenage toddler or teenage girls over summer vacation. That's great. So narrow it right down so that they know you're speaking to them and that course is for them. Now, when it comes to building it out, I talk about the building a bridge Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have, you have a point A and that's, that's the pain point. That's where they're suffering. And then you have point Z, which is over the other side, the everything's great, super rosy, all my problems are solved. Everything's amazing. But how are they going to get across that creek? Okay, you have to build them a bridge. And that's what your course does. 
it gets them across to the other side, right? So you need to set up your framework, right? You need piles, piles of those things that hold up the entire structure. You know, they go down through the water and into the ground. They're your modules. They're the core pieces of your course. Then you need the decking that takes them from point A to point Z, right? That's the that's the ground, the floor, the walkway. Those are your lessons. Those are the specific lessons from module to module that build on each other and then ease them out. And then you need girders. And the girders are the pieces that hold all the whole bridge together and they're your activities because without applying what they learn, everything else collapses. And the last thing they need is a handrail, okay? This is the bit they hold on for safety. And you know what that is? That's you. That's bonuses. That's email support. That's Voxer support. That's the occasional call or the fast action bonus for signing up. They get 30 minutes with you or they get a debriefing session at the end of the course. That handrail, that's you and that's essential. So that's your bridge. We've got all those things in place. You're going to get that person from here to here Mm -hmm. and you're going to be the only person they want to get next time they have to cross that creek. I love that. And because I think that that's the most important, two things that you said. Number one, the assignments or the, the, um, the action steps. And then the handrail is you. And ultimately, if you're not in some way integrated with how your course is delivered, mm-hmm. there's a big missing piece. And whether it's Voxer access or, um, like you said, bonuses, um, you know, a call with you, I think those are really important to really kind of seal the deal with what the course is all about. Yeah. And, you know, it may only be a handful of the dozen who sign up for the course who use those handrails, Mm -hmm. but that's everything to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what sets the master course creators apart from the people who are just churning them out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I remembered my question from earlier too. I think a lot of people get this idea that, oh, I'm just going to create a course. It's a low price point. So I can just sell a bunch of it and it'll be, you know, passive income. And, and they want to just, I, I liked what you said at the very beginning. It's got to be your burning passion. It has to be something that you're really excited about because you have to want to be a part of this process. This isn't just, oh, I created an ebook and then I'm just going to check out and it's going to sell itself because it's such a low price point. But then you don't have people taking action steps. Maybe they buy it, but they don't consume it because it's such a low price point. I know that's something you and I've talked about before too, is the price point has such mm-hmm. a, so much to do with um, the actual fulfillment of the course when somebody has purchased it. But I, I really like that because that was going to be my question earlier is, and, and you just addressed it, a lot of people just want to build a course with a low price point so that they can sell it and check out. Yeah. But you just, with the handrail, addressed all of that. The handrail is you and that's is you. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's what gets, that's also how they commit to getting there they're not just going to run through it they're going to you know walk through and you know we can flog this bridge metaphor Mm -hmm. forever but it actually 
it, it does. It's like it's something they hang on to and they pace themselves and they go through and they're doing that because they're invested with you because you're invested in them. Mm-hmm. It holds them to account. Mm-hmm. So a question about that, because I do know that also people like to have courses that are self-paced, but I, I definitely see the value in being the handrail and somehow offering some support through that. Would the level of support that you offer depend on the length of the course typically? No, okay. it depends on the type of content. If your course is super practical and uh, doesn't require a lot of internal work, your level of support is quite minor, if anything. But it's important that they know you're there, that they have it. You know, having access to the person who created it increases their retention in the course, but it also allows you to charge a little more. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't access it, they love the idea that it's there, but it absolutely must be there and it must be quite robust if you are requiring people to really peel back the layers of their life and reset. Like they definitely, you have a duty of care in that sense. But if you... You know, if you're doing something much more practical that is, you know, practicing uh, like it's more around communication and just sort of role-playing conversations, then you don't need to provide constant support. Mm-hmm. Okay. So having access to the person who created it, you said, makes it worth more, makes it mean a little bit more to the person taking the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will pay more if they know they have access. And is it typically something where I'm sure there's so many different ways to offer that? Because I know you mentioned Voxer and um, a call with you. As the sales coach, I'm always thinking, oh, this is such a cool opportunity because you put out a four week course. And at the end of that course, they get a call with you and sell them into your program, your one on one coaching. Mm -hmm. And is it something where you find that? And, and I'm sure this is a whole nother topic and a whole nother. And, and I, I'm excited because I want people to know how they can get in touch with you too, so that they can follow up with some of the questions that they're going to have. Is it something where if you offer a call at the end and you find that people aren't getting all the way, because I'm sure people still don't get all the way through or they bought a course and life takes over and they don't get to the end. Do you find value in offering support in another way throughout so you can kind of touch base with them and make sure they're actually doing yes. the course? Because waiting until the end, it's like, well, what if they don't make it till the end and then they don't schedule the call with you because they never finished? Right. So, you know, in that case, you know, there's always email support. There's always things like Voxer, Facebook groups. But again, if you're offering something a little more intense in terms of content, then I've often recommended that you do a uh, like a 15 minute check in before they start, uh, like a setup, and then a 15 minute check-in in midway to sort of bolster their action and to sort of, if they've fallen off a bit, you can get them remotivated. And then a 15 minute debrief at the end or 30 minutes if you want to sort of incorporate in that process, almost like, like collecting their feedback as well as inviting them into work with you, you know, like, sort of how did you go how did it work for you what was you know what what worked what didn't but then you know well it sounds like then you need it you know we're not doing a discovery call right now but 
no, it's like it, oh, this program would work really well for you. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, it's always just another way to have them, you know, just keep taking further steps towards you. Like a lot of people think, oh, I create a, an online course to automate it and then I'm out and then I never have to do anything. But then they, I don't like this expression, but, you know, you're leaving money on the table and you're leaving opportunities on the table because you just busted it out and threw it away. Right. But you've got, that's a really hot lead. Someone just bought your course. Why are you not talking to them? Right. Yeah. We talk about warm audiences a lot and that's somebody who's bought from you once is the most likely to buy from you again. Yes. And if they bought your course, they're, they're already invested in you. Mm -hmm. And that's a great opportunity to serve them at a higher level. Yeah. And it's a great way for you to find out, especially halfway through, why did they stop? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, were you bored? Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a matter of, well, oh, life got in the way. I really want to get back to it. But, you know, it's like when we let life get in the way, it's because we weren't actually engaged enough in the thing. So did I miss something that stopped them finishing? So also a way for you to improve. Is that another level of maybe validating the course and going back and tweaking something where? Well, sure. I mean, I definitely don't believe in create it, never touch it again. I absolutely, even if you do a beta run, I absolutely believe that a year later or if you've run it twice or even if it's evergreen, you got to go back and update that technology alone. But like the culture around us, trends, society, people change, their needs change. And, you know, you create, I mean, the example I always give is like if you created a social media course five years ago, it probably includes Periscope (laughs) and not TikTok. Right. And so you have to update that. Right. You can't, you can't just leave it and done and think, oh, well, they'll be fine. They know that that doesn't exist anymore. They'll just apply the same principles to TikTok. Well, no, they're not because you didn't tell them to. Right. They bought the course because they don't want to go to Google and find everything out for themselves. Right. right. They want it done, done for them in the course. And yeah. No, I, I think that that's really, and, and it shows too that you're, if you're updating your content, it feels relevant. It feels current versus, mm-hmm. I mean, just even to speak to that piece, when I was a high school math teacher, I would update my quizzes and tests all the time. I taught math. Math didn't change. Two plus two was still four. But some of the content that was in the quiz or the test kept it relevant, kept it current. Sometimes yeah. I would do a story problem that contained current events. And that was kind of cool for people to, um, you know, kept them more involved in the assessment itself, but I think that's I mean, if if Apple can update the iPhone every nine months, you can update your damn course. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Put some time and TLC into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Maybe it needs to go away and something else needs to take its place. Like, stay relevant. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you said, um, you know, I, I, I don't want you to to ask you out of your lane, but is Canva something that you would recommend for like the actual course, Yeah, like modules? And, and is that the best place to create? Yeah. You know, it's the, it's cheap. It's easy. It's a lot more design user-friendly than say something like Word or even Google Docs. Mm-hmm. And there's images there. Even the free one is, I use Pro because I use it 
for clients. I go into other clients. I go into clients' accounts and create their things there. But the free version gives you so many options to create workbooks, worksheets, things that look like you care. That's the other thing, you know. It's like you don't need to hire a graphic designer. You do not need to buy fancy software. Use Canva. Brand it in your colours. Keep it simple. Don't get crazy with animations and stickers and illustrations. Give them space to write things down. Every single time, even if they don't, they want it. And... Yeah, keep it simple. Make it look like you. Mm-hmm. Give them give them the downloads there. You can make your slides in there for your slideshow to record. Like there are so many ways to even to do your videos, and I do recommend everybody uses videos for their content. It is much more personal. It builds the trust factor. And even the people who get freaked out by video at least record your intros and your outros of each module so that they you can set them up what to expect and then the lessons within can be voiceover slides or drawing on a dry erase board if you want and then your outro video is like great job the next module we're going to look at this can't wait to see you there grab the downloads here do your homework Let me know if you have any problems. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. Reach out in the group. Simple things like that will increase the retention. And then, but that that one-on-one video, and again, you don't need a videographer. You do not need to rent a studio and pay $5,000. You need a good light. You need a good camera. And you need a back a decent backdrop and that can be the I mean in my office here this is one little corner because over there it's I've got my yoga board over there (laughs) that's not pretty to look at so you find a corner you set it up you put a small table a pot plant some flowers a picture frame and you sit and you talk or you're at your desk but you just keep it simple you know get a you know, hire the high school kid down the street who's got the latest iPhone. I hired my son to record a bunch of videos for me and edit them. They all love that stuff. And so we spent a day recording. He borrowed gear from school. I paid him $100 and did all the editing. My husband wrote the soundtrack, put that on. All I did was show up. So find a high school kid, go to the community college, Rent the gear if you have to, but, you know, you can get a ring light for 80 bucks on Amazon and put a decent camera on your laptop and go from there. Like I could film a course sitting right here right now. I don't like the ring light behind me, but I'd fix that. (laughs) So in, in terms of like the video delivery and all that stuff, I know that that's not in your lane, but you basically would find, you would record the videos using whatever whatever never means and then put them in like email delivery for the course and then send them the Canva workbook. Sure. You know, the other thing you can do is you can have, give them a Google drive, Mm -hmm. you know, put the video in there, 
put the workbook in there, set up a Google Drive for each person, you know, a folder for each person, and they get a link to that. And you can add each module each week if you want to drip out the content. Mm -hmm. You can automate it in an email sequence, you know, just give them a link to the link to the video, whether it's on YouTube, whether you, you know, some websites allow you to upload video there and then you just ghost the page. Okay. Awesome. And I always say do not start out with a $3,000 online platform. That's something to shoot for. If this is your first course, email, email it out. It's absolutely fine. If you need, you know, some email programs let you put the video, embed the video right in the email, Mm -hmm. you know. So, like, if that's how you're going to do it, that's how you're going to do it. What matters is it's really uh, really exceptional information. It's going to give them what they need and then grow as you go. You know, you might need something like Kajabi in two years because you've got four courses, a membership site, and you need the whole CRM thing in one place. And then you get your VA to take care of it. Yeah. Cross that bridge when you get there. Exactly. Don't, don't start spend money you don't at, need. Start with where you're at. The content's the most important. The content's the most important thing. Yeah. I like that. This has been phenomenal, Kate. I mean, I I took like four pages of notes. I love that you said get a good light because at the very end I was like, yeah, I I definitely need to get a good light. Mine was turning on and off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, Going dark. Yeah. But that was super helpful. And I love everything you shared. Like that was just really, really help me understand what it takes to put the content together and create a really good course. Yeah. You know, I, I encourage people always like you, the content shouldn't be scary because it's, it's what, you know, it's how you set yourself up to get it out. Right. So once that idea is validated and you're really sure about it, set yourself up a framework, outline what you want to say, get clear on the order Make sure that it is a bridge, you know, start easy, put the more difficult stuff in the middle once they've established trust and then ease them on out to the other side with more application stuff so that they, you know, they get less sort of training on you, more practicing on them. But there is no transformation without application and I say that 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. So true. I wrote it down again. I love it. And it is probably um, the most important thing to remember is you've got to get people to take action with the content that you're putting out there because you want them to, I mean, your whole point is to serve them with your knowledge and get them moving and using it. Yes. You know, and if you're in doubt, just ask yourself questions, you know, just simply say, is this inspirational or is this instructional? Am I inspiring or am I instructing? And if you still are not sure, add how-to to to the start of things and see if that turns it into something more instructional. And what what does that mean, add how-to, like in your title? Yes. Or, you know, like in the titles of modules, the titles of lessons, you know. So it's like if you're, let's say you're repurposing a blog post, right, and it's healthy, healthy meal planning, and that was a really great blog. You're turning it into a lesson. Well, that's not that's not instructional. That's not telling me what's what's going to happen here. So you want to, you know, how to meal plan for busy families. You know, it's like 
how you add the how to see if it flips to more instructional and then it will flip you. And then as you change that blog post from talking about while meal planning is super important into this is how you do it. Got it. So staying in the instructing lane is yes. important. Stay in the instructing lane. Tell people what they need to know. Give them a bit of uh, context, why they need to know it, why it's important, mm-hmm. and then tell them how it works. Give them the steps. Give them the method and then have them practice. That's your formula for every lesson, what they need to know. And sometimes a context is a personal example or an anecdote. Sometimes it's just why this matters in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But then you break it down into the guts of the instruction, the one, two, three, or a flow chart type of thing, and then now go do it. Now go write a week's worth of healthy meals for the four of you, and one of them is gluten-free. Mm-hmm. So what they need to know, why they need to know it, and what was the third and fourth? Like how to do it. Mm-hmm. How to the, do it. The process, the, the formula, how to do the thing. And then tell them to go do it. And then the application. Awesome. Hey, I am so just super excited about all of this and everything I've learned. And just you kind of opened my eyes up. And I listen, I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. And I feel like there were so so many things that it were just really great takeaways that helped me understand what it takes to write a great course. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. This was awesome. Thank you. Natalie, did you have any questions that you wanted to ask before we finish? Thanks. Um, no, no, I'm just, I'm learning because I, I haven't, I just did a challenge uh, a couple of, oh, actually I've done it twice the same one just to kind of refine it. And so I was just really, yeah, like, like just it had no idea really how to do a course or how to go about it or, yeah. So I've already been, while you're talking, I've already been into, like, Facebook going, oh, what posts am I, what posts are my people liking? And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was really good to make sense and I have a bit of a content writing. Um, just through NLP there was a way of writing um, content which was actually pretty much exactly what she just said at the end there. So I'm really familiar with, with that sort of process. Um, but it just reminds me to make sure that I do it, like actually writing it that way. So yeah, no, it was good. Thank you. I, yeah, it was really good and just really um, specific and, you know, made sense. So yeah. Great. Let me just say that when you're writing it, don't, don't worry. Like when you're just getting it out, don't worry about that self editing process. And am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Just dump it. Yeah. And then go back and review because you don't want to um, miss the opportunity for something else to come out, Mm -hmm. whether that's course number two or a new blog post, an email or, you know, some, or, you know, a new lead magnet, things like that. Like it's Mm -hmm. don't self edit and don't delete anything ever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Remember learning <laughs> the last time too. Don't self-edit, don't delete because it's all it's all good stuff that might all be really good stuff. Force too. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, it's actually funny because I was writing a song. Um, I was writing a song last night and um, for a friend, and I actually did that. It just applies everywhere, really, doesn't it? Because I was writing it and I sang it into you know the music part, and then I was like, oh, actually, I don't need that 
recording so I'll just delete that and of course what I had on there I was like oh my god and I went back and I actually couldn't remember what I'd you know said how it had sounded and I'm like yeah you just don't delete stuff <laughs> don't delete stuff ever don't delete stuff. <laughs> and if you if you wrote something down on a paper just take a photo of it because you lose paper yeah take a photo of everything exactly. good thank you Kate this was like I said, amazing, specific, and you gave us tips that are really, really helpful and useful. Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? And how, what opportunities do you have for people to take advantage of working with you? Oh, all the opportunities. All um, the opportunities. My, you can actually find me here in the group, but you can also find me. My website is thekatephillips.com. My Facebook group is Course Creation Collaborative. I'm on Instagram at the.kate.phillips. And there's a bunch of free stuff on my website to help you get going. I've got a course creation playbook. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, thank you again so, so much. I know this took way longer than we anticipated because we had some really fun opportunities to work through technological challenges. Oh, isn't that fun? And, you know, I can talk about this stuff forever. I know. I, I love it. You, you have so much passion for it, and I'm just fascinated each time hearing you talk about it um, because you really do love it. You really do um, dig right in, and, and I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> have very strong opinions. Yeah. <laughs> You're like me with sales. I, I always say I can nerd out. I, I love talking about it. It's just, uh, it's something that kind of lights me up. So, so yes, I, I really appreciate your time and you being well, thank here. You. I love that you're a member in our group. So we'll see you in there for sure. And uh, please post all of the, all of the links and uh, that way everybody can take advantage of it. Sure. Be happy to. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Kate. All right, go enjoy the rest of your night and uh, I will talk to you very soon. Okay, bye. Thank you. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is and while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars. Or you can go to my website, HealthyStepsWithNicole.com. I would love to hear from you. And I can't wait.